0: Hello and welcome to Franchise Sports Talk Basketball. Um, we're, we're here with a playoff podcast. Uh, we are at the stage of the conference finals. We've got two matchups, um, a repeat of the bubble. Two years ago? Was it three years ago? Three, three years, years ago. ago. Yeah, the pandemic, yeah, 2020. So we've got a repeat of the bubble matchups and... 2020, um, and two uh, conference semifinals. Well, four conference semifinals, actually. Yes. That's how it works, isn't it? Yeah, two. Yeah, that, that is how it works. Yeah. Um, that we are going to talk talk about, um, and then also preview the conference finals matchups. Um, so, I guess maybe we should do the. Like
1: east and then the west, or the other way round. Yeah. I mean uh, I guess we should probably start with the Sixers. They just fired their coach about half an hour before we recorded this, um, becoming the the second team to be knocked out in the second round by their coach. Um, as well as
0: the fitness right?
1: Yeah. Um, and James Harden and Joel Embiid just, just, just had, I mean, it was also, like, a very predictable ending. They, like, threatened to not do the Sixers-Harden-Rivers playoff collapse. And then they they actually made it worse, in a way. It was one of those by, like, they were underdogs, and Embiid was playing a bit hurt, and he missed the first game. If they had lost this in five games, and Embiid had missed a couple, of them, it would have been, OK, yeah, fine, the Sixers against the Celtics. But the fact they were actually competitive and they stole a couple of games and they had the chance to win it at home in game six made it just more painful that they lost and in like an all-time just awful performance from their two stars. In, when it particularly in game seven, yeah. Game seven, it was
0: I mean, what was it? Embiid had like 18 points. I
1: can't remember what Harden. I think Harden was in single figures, but um, they all sold the turnovers from both of them um, and then the end of uh, the end of game six was pretty abysmal too
0: yeah um, just kind of not good all round was it I mean you have the thing again which was just every year of like Beats was kind of playing a bit hurt but it's like almost maybe the least hurt <laughs> he's been in his playoff career because he's always out in the playoffs somehow. So,
1: and then that becomes part of the issue, though, isn't it? It's like yeah, you can have you have some unluckiness with it, and yeah, there has been the type of injuries he's got in the playoffs have been more unlucky than are oh, this big guy still injury prone. But then it's like, well, if you're hurt every time, it does matter that you're hurt. That's part of the story. And um like Jason Tatum was obviously amazing. I mean, he just hit a load of shots after being terrible in Game Six and to win in the game. And then his Game yeah. five, game 7 performance was ridiculous. But even so, it's like you look at that and it's like, well, the Sixers just completely yeah. crumbled
0: again. They did. Yeah, I mean, I guess in some ways, like you say, with the Tatum performing so badly, it's maybe it shouldn't have even gone that far to even be missing games early on. But Harden, well, Harden had a couple of performances that were, like, old Harden, like that I don't think anybody really expected that he still had that. Um so that's kind of something for the Sixers. But but then once you got those punches in Harden, it was like, Okay, this is now like a proper series and it just ended. Which just a complete wimput, didn't it really? That that game seven, it was just not a contest. Um Although the other thing I'd say with the Celtics thing and the Tatum thing, We we've said this before, haven't we? about the Celtics although they, they seem to in the end get through it but about that kind of like the series end up going on longer than they need to sometimes yeah. like,
1: and like might... you say
0: like Tatum Tatum just has games in the playoffs so it just doesn't turn up Um, which against a better opposition like
1: is going to cost you well it did against the Warriors and I think even with this, is like, OK, they, the six were good and they had to win a game seven. So it's not been like an easy route. But as you said, I mean, kind of they've made it a harder route for themselves. They had to play six against the Hawks. We saw this last year where they stuff got more difficult for them than maybe it should have been. And I think part of what happened in the finals was they got a bit tired because they were having to play more minutes. They're having to fight harder than they should need to. The heat, like... I don't think the Heat are going to win this series, but it's going to be like hard work. And if they accidentally give them a game or two, then maybe the Heat do like find something from somewhere. And if they get to the finals, neither the Lakers nor the Nuggets are going to like let them off in the way they have been here a bit. I no. mean, they really messed up against the Sixers. Just the thing with the Sixers, the Sixers always managed to mess up more than their opponents in the second round. <laughs> 'Cause the Sixers had the same thing where it's like, This is open for you, this is your chance again. Like they had when they, they yeah. played the Hawks a couple of years ago. This is your opportunity, you've got to win a game six at home. Yeah. And they couldn't even get the ball to Embiid for the end of the game, like the last five I mean, minutes or whatever it was. Yeah,
0: yeah, it was huge, huge periods of time where Embiid just wasn't touching the ball. Um as well as like defensively he didn't have the same impact as the regular season. In that series. So, yeah, I don't know, it doesn't... Some of that may be the stuff you could put on the injury. Again, as we said, that is... If it does happen every year, it is then, like, okay, that's also a problem, really. Um, But, yeah, that that Celtics Heat series... I mean, obviously the Celtics are the favourites, but... It feels a bit like this heat team, well, as as for like the past few years. I mean, it was the same in the bubble, really. But in the playoffs, it doesn't really. They don't really follow. That, like, it it doesn't really matter they're the underdogs. They're always the underdogs. Like, so the in, point in that maybe they shouldn't be the underdogs. Yeah, exactly, time. exactly. Like, like them beating the Bucks. Like, it's one of the biggest upsets in a very long time in the first round of the playoffs. So, you didn't, no one expected that. I mean, the Knicks was a bit more of a, like a, maybe a bit more of a 50-50 series. Um, but, you know, I don't know. It's, with just what they've done with Butler, like, like, like in the bubble getting to the finals, it's like they, they were absolutely not... The best team in the East that year. I mean, I guess they kind of were because they got to finals, but during the whole season, they weren't the best team in the East. And um, yeah, I don't know. I I definitely wouldn't wouldn't put Boston, you know, right Boston in. Pencil them in
1: already. I think so. So Butler obviously had that ankle issue in the last round, and he's not. He didn't like completely dominate the Knicks like he did with the Bucks. And obviously, Boston's defence should be a tougher matchup for him. This little break they've had between series is, like, how much that does for him. And also, just the Celtics, like, at the end of games, the same as it was last year. They do... They might have managed to get past the sixth, but they, they also have these periods where it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, they... And maybe
0: it shows, like, how strong their team is. That they seem to manage to get through these series where they... Almost every series, they have like one or two games, they basically just throw it away. They just do something like just doesn't make any sense.
1: They're also, they're mega, mega like jump shot and well, three point heavy, which always gives you this huge variation, doesn't it? Like, or variance, yeah. sorry. Um, and uh, even with Tatum, like, his performance in game seven was obviously amazing. But quite a lot of that was like these... And I guess that's the superstar thing. It's like Doncic goes off like that. Steph goes off like that. These games where he, he was just hitting threes over people. There was some that was like good offense. And then there was quite a lot of it like, okay, that's just amazing shot making. And if you're going to do that, then you are going in win our games. But they also, both with Tame and Brown, and then there are other... like Occasionally Marcus Smart have a game where he just starts shooting all the time. They have other games where it's like, okay, the threes haven't gone in. And we're just like... With what's just happened, they're either like, they keep throwing them up, but as it goes with teams, they just go a bit cold, and it just seems like there's not, there's not like a foundation of the offense in the same way, plus I feel like Tatum, which this might sound really harsh after what he's just done, you don't feel the same about him that like, even I would with Doncic in this situation, with Doncic is like, I don't think he's going to have like three of those games, like dud games in a series. Yeah. In fact, he's not, I wouldn't even be that like surprised if he doesn't have any in a really big, in like a conference finals, you sort of think you're going to get a certain amount from him. And then the playmaking he offers, Tatum's not quite on that level. And then Jalen Brown has just this tendency to like turn the ball over a lot. He's brilliant at moments, then has these games where he just sort of like dribbles into traffic and loses the ball. And the the heat will put a lot of pressure on him when he attacks, and I it just feels like Boston like their weird their upside is the best of the remaining teams, I think, but their downside might be the worst as well.
0: maybe, although yeah I, it's just difficult to work to make of the heat, isn't it? I mean they're without Butler performing like that, like they maybe that they're probably not. They're really, like, roster-wise,
1: not anywhere near any of the others. Probably. But... I think if he's out, yeah. I mean, roster-wise, they're not. Although it's the weird thing with Damage, you were just saying, when you get to the playoffs, is like, but now yeah. Kyle Lowry and Kevin Love are, like, they like younger again. And they've just got all these guys who, like, make shots. Yeah. And Gabe Vincent is just, like, good all the time. Duncan Robinson is suddenly back in the rotation because Tyler Hero is injured and just is hitting these like rainbow threes over people. Um, Yeah, I I don't know. I mean, it feels insane to say, like, and I don't think I expect the Heat to win, but I also wouldn't be that surprised if this like ends up in a ridiculously tense game seven like it did last year.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I can see that happening. I mean, because the Celtics seem to end up getting through, like, even when they're making it difficult for themselves. That's probably my prediction. It's like, Celtics in six or seven after, you know, just complete, like, dud performances in a couple of games. But that will
1: cost them. That's the thing, is I think, like, I think they'll probably get through in a longer series than it should be. And then it's like, that's potentially where you get into this, like, it gets to game five of the finals... And that's where like they they miss all their shots and they're all short because they've just played way more minutes than they're meant to play to get there.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Part of it be in the great teams is they just like they don't mess around. You don't end up getting taken to six by Atlanta.
0: No, e- even if you don't win by some like by as many as you could have, you still make sure you get the win. Yeah. Whereas they seem to be like, oh, we can we can come back in this series, so they just give away games. It's like, well, then you. You have to play an extra game. It's like not really worth it.
1: Yeah, just just get it done. Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Um, should we? Did you always say some some stuff about the sixes? Um, like what, they, what what's going to happen now? Um, I mean,
1: yeah, I guess. We'll I maybe mean, do some
0: more of it in the off season, but
1: I have no idea what happens now. The Harden thing is impossible. So Doc Rivers being fired sounds like it might help their chance of keeping Harden, given his post-game stuff. But then, is keeping Harden even good? Like he was, he could have easily been an all-star, but like he also hasn't shown he can really consistently perform. But I guess, I guess the thing is, if so,
0: there's talk of well, he's a free agent, is he? Yeah. So there's talk of him going back to Houston, I think. Yeah. To just be the main man there again. But a lot worse. On a lottery team. Yeah. Um, But so say he does leave, the question is, is what they get instead, isn't it? Because it's with how he's performed this year, obviously he's still not the old hard, but like that playoff performance and it's generally across the season, they're definitely a better team with him than just not having him. And if it's not going to be in a trade or anything, then it's like, okay, they then need
1: to somehow acquire someone else. Which they can't if he walks. So they, But that's where they're backed into a corner, is if he says, I want this massive contract, and he's already declined considerably, they, I guess they give it to him?
0: And, that, and then it's like, okay, we're now locked in for this Harden in how how old is James Harden?
1: Mid thirties, I think.
0: Um He's thirty he's thirty three. He'll be thirty four by start of next season. Um so you've got James Harden into his yeah. In his mid thirties and Embiid. and that's like they're then kind of like locked into that, aren't they? And if they do that. And we've just
1: seen what well, that becomes...
0: Yeah. And I think... And, and, there's not, but and if not they're given those contracts, much... The Sixers team now don't have as much upside elsewhere, do they? Either A couple of years ago, it was like, oh, they've got these other guys that could step forward and take a step up. But it doesn't feel like that roster's got that now.
1: Um, as much. No. And you... I just don't really know where that's going because it's also that the minute they give him that contract, it's not like they can use that as an asset to trade or anything. That is basically all in on this, but I, they're probably going to have to do that because if he walks, you're quite close to like why wouldn't be stay. Like you said, yeah. if you just if you just remove Harden with no return, but could, so would they just have no cap room? It's very minimal. It's like a few million. It's like not anything meaningful.
0: Next year, though, would be would be the f- final year of
1: Tobias Harris's contract. It would, but then it's like you you would be in. You just tell the MVP you're going to wait for a year in his like, late twenties, I guess. Yeah, I mean, I guess it's still not exactly waiting because
0: they still they still got to the playoffs.
1: Yeah, but they're not they're not going anywhere like that, are they? But is that is that also a thing with Maxi's next deal kicking in? I think that might be the what's coming up then.
0: Yeah. Okay, so so they so they that, they don't get any more money from that, really. It just goes to Maxi. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's tricky, isn't it? Really. Yes, they're in a pretty they're in a pretty difficult spot. Um, I think there's a chance they just. Try and run it back if Harden will come back and stay with the same coach, maybe tweak some of the players around them. Maybe try and get a Tobias Harris trade done. It's now it's an expiring. If they could do Harris and a pick and get like role players. Cause the thing is alongside Maxi, Harden and Bede, he is just a role player, like a really, really overpaid role player. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. He's not. He, that
0: contract was at the time was too much. And yeah, and his role, I mean, they, they weren't going to be a good team if his role was anything more than what it is, really.
1: Yeah. So that's their option, I think. Um, and I, yeah, I kind of don't see what how, how they go a different way. I think that's probably what ends up happening. Unless if Harden walks, then they're in more trouble because then it's like... Well, the other thing, I suppose, is if it's not Houston and then they get into like some sort of sign-and-trade with Harden.
0: Oh, yeah, could they do that?
1: Which isn't... The only thing with that is you're not going to get a player like James Harden back in a sign-and-trade, otherwise why would the other team do it? So you get like pieces for Harden, but what if you could get... like This is really quite far-fetched, but say you could trade Harris and Picks, the very few remaining picks they've got, for, like, a star ish player, yeah, and then you flip harden for like in the sign and trade with harden, you get like a couple of role players,
0: yeah, yeah. I mean, that maybe that's their best shot. I mean, isn't there something as well coming up with rules around trades changing?
1: Yeah, if you're above the um, the second tax apron, uh, that they, they would then be. And can, but that comes in, I think that comes in at the end of next year.
0: Yeah, but because of that, could there be, well, yeah, there's kind of more incentive to make trades now
1: rather than wait? Well, you can, yeah. Yeah. I'm expecting them to do some interesting stuff this off-season because they're going to have to do something.
0: Yeah, maybe. I mean, we'll see. I mean it could, maybe they'll get Monty Williams. I think that's quite likely. And then just run it, I don't know, maybe they could run it back with a different coach, maybe. I mean, because there's a limited amount of what else they can do, really. And like you say, like even though Harden is like a bit of a liability at times, I think he showed in that series that he I mean, he can still, if he wants to, he can still, like,
1: do the good stuff, basically. Um, like, and actually, if Embiid was healthy, though, it would be better if he, there wasn't such, like, a range in outcomes from him. Because while yeah. he, he obviously played two game, he had two game-winning performances there, but he's he also has game-losing performances, not just in Game 7, but, like, his other ones. When he's bad, it's, like, more turnovers than field goals, Yeah, I think, to be honest, I think there's a fundamental issue with the Sixers. The reason they're a machine in the regular season, and I think it contributes to Summer Harden's playoff stuff, is their efficiency. Loads of Embiid's massive games are like, oh, his, his field goal percentage doesn't look great, but it's like he's had 8 million free throws, and they don't officiate any of this stuff in the same way which like you can kind of argue whether that's right or wrong or whatever, yeah. but like that's the reality of it. And both of them, a lot of the times when it looks the worst, they're clearly going to get the call, Like as in they're trying to get the call. And it looks terrible, and you say they shouldn't be doing it, but they do get those calls in the regular season. Even Old Harden is still quite high up yeah. in his free throw rate. Yeah. And it... They don't get to the playoffs. It's like, oh, they're, neither of them are scoring game was like, well, they're not getting to the line. I think there is some stuff. I've In quite a few of the playoffs games I've watched, there's been, like, you're letting them play really a lot here. Like, to the point that you're almost playing a different game for the regular season. And I don't think a huge number of free throws is great for entertainment either, but it does yeah. make, like, the team construction thing weird. These people are, like, ultra-efficient. but they're free yeah it's like
0: there's no or the guys that get loads of free throws then in the playoffs are just not as valuable
1: yeah yeah and quite drastically at points
0: I mean I guess the other thing is if they were to move Arden Torres maxi, maybe then gets a bigger role um whether that's good or not i don't know but is the yeah sure it's the
1: chemistry and playmaking from Bead? isn't it is the question um
0: yeah yeah the
1: playmaking's a big one they they need yeah I mean,
0: whatever they get they're going to need need to bring in playmaking because it's it's heavily reliant on harden really at the moment isn't it yeah um yeah exactly but, Yeah, anyway, let's move on to the West, I think. Yeah. Um, So the Western Conference, uh, we had the Nuggets, seeing off the Suns, which then, as we've already mentioned, led to the firing of Monty Williams. Um, And then in the other semi-final, we had Steph and LeBron meeting again in the playoffs. Um although on different teams too back in the back in the day. Um, with the Lakers and Warriors. I oh, know, well, obviously Steph's not a different team actually. That was, that was uh, um, Yeah. So I mean yeah, there were two wow, well, they both went deep, didn't they, really? I mean, well the Warriors Lakers ended up being six in the end, didn't it?
1: They were both game sixes that ended in blowouts though, so they sort of didn't feel
0: Yeah. Didn't tense. end
1: up feeling
0: that tense. Yeah. But they, they were look there was there was promise in them in the middle. Yeah. That they could go the distance. I mean I had the Nuggets as favourites in that series. And I think I think they're probably my favourites to win the title than they have been since the start of the playoffs. Um and they there were really a couple of games where they do, they just outplayed the Suns. They like blew them out a couple of times. I think, didn't they?
1: And the Suns, when they were winning, was basically they had Durant and Booker both going off like yeah to a ridiculous extent that even those two like can't do that that many yeah, times. Exactly.
0: It was, yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. just like okay, we just have like all time performances from two players at once to win a game. Which I mean, though that Booker and Durant. I mean, Durant probably. More so, are the kind of guys that like yeah okay they they could do that a couple of times in the series, but that the, then it's like if if they're not having that, it's not even close. Uh, which is kind of fits with like what that Durant trade looked like. It would do to their team. It basically, <laughs> you know, dismantled the team. Like all of yeah. their guys that were good. Uh, and so we just have Durant and Booker, and then. Some guys, particularly with
1: Paul. And then Aiton got hurt yeah. as well. Yeah. So then it was literally just Durant and Plucker. There was guys. a kind of... Yeah, that whole series was a little bit... Oh, look, it's the consequences of my actions. It like... The whole thing was just like they're just throwing extra bodies at their stars. And then one of the games they won, I think the bench just happened to hit some shots. It was like, yeah, well, you gutted the team. This yeah. is what happens.
0: Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's, I, I think, as you said, at the time of the trade kind of seemed a bit like this is what was happening. It's like they had this really nice balanced team and they kind of gave that all up to Kevin Durant, which, fair enough, I
1: suppose. I mean... Question on that, though. So we keep saying it's fair enough with these trades. Yeah. And uh, there's always like... and I know are not working out, are they? A lot of them don't work out. And I know it's Kevin, it's like actually Kevin Durant. And so there's always, like, well, you've got to do it. If you're going to get Kevin Durant, you have to get Kevin Durant. But the thing is, he's in his mid-30s. He is injured, like, a lot these days. Like, genuinely misses yeah. quite a lot of time. You've got loads of time left on the deal. They they literally gave up everything they could give up. They gave up two, like, really good starters. Mikael Bridges will be an all-star next year, and all of the picks yeah. into, like, most of the rest of the de- Well, the rest of the decade, isn't it? The picks that have been given up. And it's like, well, at what point do we just go? well, Maybe this isn't actually a good idea anymore. Yeah. Should we stop doing this? Because it, there's a few that have worked, and actually, we'll probably come to a set. The Lakers are back in the conference finals, and they've already won a title after their mega trade. But then there's also a lot of these deals where it's like, we. We'll, it's kind of the common logic is well, if you can get the big, you need the big star to win. You do, but you also need some other stuff. Yeah, you need. You need we've a team around seen them. too many of them now. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, obviously a couple of years ago. Was
0: it a couple of years ago was it the last season even? No, when was it in the mid-finals.
1: Uh, it was year before last, because last yeah. season they collapsed in a crucial game at home again, didn't they? They got blown yeah. out by yeah. the Mavericks in game seven.
0: But I guess it was a thing, it was a couple of years ago. They were they were in that position where it's like okay, they've now got they've got this nice, like, young team. It seems like they've got depth. Um although I guess the factor was Chris Paul who obviously was not young and is ageing and he, he this year did look a lot older so it's like okay that that's almost not in the equation really that much now it's like he's will maybe contribute if he if he's available but that's a big if um, and yeah so they, they seem like they were in a good spot at that point um, but I guess it's after last season it then they then felt like, well, we've got to do something. Um, and, yeah. I mean, I guess training, training for Kevin Durant is almost as big a thing as you can do. So, I don't know, because we always say as well that like teams, like they need to do something. I don't know like... No, definitely what, did something. Yeah, I don't know what the alternative is necessarily there. Because um, basically, well, an actual like big star, the thing these days seems to be basically base, just ask for everything you've got. So like all your picks, and like any players that aren't old, pretty much, that are, that are good and not old. Um, so yeah, I don't know... It, I think final we'll, should
1: stop saying I, yes to
0: that. Maybe, I think they maybe. should be
1: like, well, I, I no, mean, well we're not
0: going to give you everything. I think maybe they've underrated Michael Bridges, which I think maybe a lot of people have, given what we've seen in Brooklyn. Um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see if he carries on that trajectory because it's looking like, I don't know, maybe when he's getting more of the ball, maybe he is just going to be, just
1: he's just an all-star. Like but he then he's, the star, but... he's Cam Johnson too, though. It's like yeah. they needed a, a fifth starter with their guys. And then he actually, if they could have kept him, the guy can hit yeah. threes and he can defend and he's got, he's pretty big. So that's exactly yeah. what we need next to these guys.
0: Well, that's the, that's the thing is they basically gave up two starters that were like really good fits. I mean, they're really basically really good fits on any team. Um And yeah. And then, and then it's like, you are now you short of starters. Um, but I think the, the thing with that trade, though, as I obviously said with Durant, has got loads of time left on the deal and stuff. It didn't feel like it was necessarily a trade for this year.
1: No, like because they didn't have much ship, time.
0: Yeah, it's like, okay, because usually with that kind of thing, okay, you have your stars, then you have an off-season where you can then, I and mean, they give out minimums, use use your exceptions and stuff, and basically re like rejig the roster basically to fit around the stars you have whereas basically what they've had to do mid-season is okay we're just going to ship these guys out get Durant in and then we've just got whatever we've got left is what's around them so it felt a bit like okay maybe like next year is when they're going to have like have a team they've built around Durant and Booker and I guess Aiton will go and that's where it's like okay now you'd see what they do so which whether them firing Monty Williams I think is well I don't, know, I don't think that
1: was the right. New owner just want the right they love team firing team. coaches, don't they? New
0: owners. Yeah. I mean that's it really, isn't it? A new owner and they basically decide they want someone else,
1: but They just do stuff. They literally just do things a lot of new owners, regardless of if it's the right or wrong thing. The Williams thing they have had two really, really embarrassing like the manner of the ways they've left the playoffs has been bad. Last two um, years,
0: I guess. But then also, well obviously before that, getting to the finals. Because then not long before the finals, basically the whole franchise was a complete joke. Yeah. So, and like he's been the coach there that's then, they now have Kevin Durant. I mean, that's quite a turnaround, really. Um, And they made a finals and stuff. So, yeah, I don't know about that one, really, because... It, it didn't feel like this was like that. Whereas with the Sixers, it was like, okay, this is their time if they're going to do it now. After that trade, it didn't, didn't feel like that, that was the case with the Suns at all.
1: But I guess if you're the new owner and you've just agreed to pay to run that contract, but I think it's probably just an element of wanting to change stuff. It is. And it's, he, it's he, he owners, maybe so didn't think this is going to be off. enough. But, yeah. And then yeah. You, you look at how they've gone about constructing the team with like, So, the way they looked against Denver, I mean, it was also just like, and I guess it's partly roster construction anyway, is like if you've got no other guys, it does just have to be give those guys the ball and see if they score, which is what it was. And then, yeah, basically when you watch the Nuggets, you realise how so many of the teams just don't like have almost a plan when they've got the ball. And actually, the Nuggets are not really structured. But it's just they've got yeah. two. Obviously, I mean Jokic's playmaker's talked about a lot, but Murray is a really good playmaker as well. Yeah, I've got. To say, I think the Nuggets are like are the best team to watch at the
0: moment. And yeah. Like, basically, when they've had that lineup, but it's one of these. It's like that lineup. That lineup was was this good, like when they did the Gordon trade, and we basically had to wait like two years to properly have it like together again like obviously Murray coming back from that long injury it's like then the, the takes them a while to get back into it and it's now like okay we're now seeing that team like in the playoffs when they should have been in the playoffs those couple of years ago well they weren't in the playoffs but we should have been seeing this in the playoffs like
1: two years ago maybe they were in the top would have won the title then
0: it it's Jamal Murray in, in
1: playoff game. mode too isn't it yeah. That's the other thing. It's like, he, he basically, it was like, is he rusty in the regular season? And then he's just a different player when it gets to the postseason. Plus, not just, is that four, and they've now got Caldwell Pope and Bruce Brown, like, two really, like, perfect guys to put with this group as well, which give them options yeah. defensively. Um, but, yeah, I agree with you. They're the best team to watch, like, Not just because Jokic is amazing, but like all of it is a lot of fun to watch. I think. Yeah, it really is. I mean, even just sometimes just Murray, just
0: driving on his own,
1: just gets like Murray at the
0: basket. Yeah, it's just, just a lot of fun, and yeah, they, they're like five
1: feels the strongest to me. Yeah, because the Lakers, part of what the Lakers' success has been is that they've shifted things around a bit more. Yeah, like this playoffs,
0: they've had, you know, like, oh, big performance from Russell and stuff, and then
1: Lonnie Walker going off randomly. And even the fact that, like, he's basically LeBron, Davis, and Reeves, and Russell's played a lot, but they kind of move, all the other pieces move around. There's not, like, even. Yeah, there's not a clear five you'd think of, really. Um, This is going to be an amazing series, I think.
0: Yeah, I a lot of it because well, so far the Lakers, I think it's been about Davis's defense. It's been the big thing. He's like he has looked probably more than anyone else in the playoffs. He's looked like really dominant defensively, like you know the kind of thing. Affecting how the other team plays and you know, basically having to adjust how you're playing because of how, like, how dominant he's been inside. Yeah. Um, Which is like, uh, like, in the regular season for the last few years, that's what Embiid's been like against, but it wasn't, that wasn't the case in the Celtic series. People were able able to drive and lay up over him and stuff. At times, or shoot over him. Whereas, with Davis, it's like just so many blocks. It's like,
1: you know, almost, almost makes sense to just not go for the layup. Well, it's going to be interesting with that. So, like, the Warriors obviously have a tendency to just shoot a million threes anyway, and it made sense for them to do it. D- Denver doesn't actually shoot, like, that many on a rate basis, but they could. Yeah. Like, particularly with Caldwell Pope, Murray, and Porter. If they're forced to take threes more, it's not necessarily yeah. a bad thing for them.
0: Yeah, although they're obviously their key is Murray Jokic, two man stuff. Um, yeah, really, it's like how they how they deal with that, you know what. Are they are they going to be able to? Um, are they going to give up the floaters to Jokic? Basically, because that seems to just be um, quite key. Like I heard a stat earlier, actually, on a Stackloads podcast that over the I think I'll be over the last I don't know how few seasons anyway. Jokic from like floater range shoots like s- over sixty percent.
1: Yeah, it's ridiculous.
0: So it, it's, it's ridiculous. basically like. Yeah, almost like a layup, and um, yeah, so I don't know, even if you are dominant, like inside, like blocking layups, like Davis has been, I don't know if it
1: necessarily translates to be able to stop that. Yeah, I think on the other end as well, yeah, I, I think that the Denver basically has more firepower. That's the thing, is like. The Lakers need some of this magic where they get twenty points from random players a bit, I think, yeah. to win this series. And they could get that. Or maybe LeBron has shown spells where he looks like LeBron. And it's like he might have to do that two or three times at the end of games. But then Aaron Gordon's going to be guarding him and he just did a great job on KD. so like even that matchup's yeah. not easy. And then it's like, well, Davis, Davis should be able to do some stuff offensively, but he kind of falls into what we are saying about Tatum for me. It's like he has these dominant games. Yeah. And then offensively, he also has these games where it's just like he doesn't look like an all-star player. Yeah. Yeah. Offensively, not, it
0: doesn't feel like you can rely on him offensively particularly.
1: And I just don't know if the Lakers have enough to to really be able to keep pace because the Denver offense is so, so good. Whereas, like, if they play the Celtics in the finals, they'll get ahead of ourselves. The Celtics might just hit loads of threes. Yeah. I don't know if the Lakers have got that like yeah they might be able to slow the Nuggets down a bit but I don't think it's that easy to really stop this Nuggets offence at all and then it's like they're going to need Davis and LeBron to have like we'll kind of do the Durant-Booker thing probably both have big games
0: yeah I've got I think well Nuggets-Celtics is obviously the the most likely matchup in the finals I think um
1: And yeah, I, I think that's the one I'm hoping for too. I think it goes six. I think both series will go six. Nuggets Nuggets in six.
0: Yeah. Although, the because the, the, the thing with the Nuggets now as well, this, I mean, a couple of years ago, it would be like they had a knack for basically collapsing, didn't they really? Um, but it feels like they're not, that team anymore somehow I mean maybe this is going to sound really silly in like a week
1: after <laughs> their personnel has changed around their like core guys I guess
0: yeah yeah I guess so yeah I really I think they I think they deserve it it's um. it's, it's Jokic's time
1: yeah, I think he, he's, um, well, it's a hell of an opportunity for him as well, because the Lakers, I mean, LeBron is both old and playing on like a dodgy foot. Yeah. <laughs> like.
0: Absolutely. Um, just before we wrap up, we've got well, a couple of minutes. We, should we say quickly a word about the, the Warriors as we've done? Well, we didn't to say anything about the Knicks, really, but, you know, not much to say. The Warriors, though, is—is is this the end of the dynasty?
1: Um, I don't think so. I think their um, their core five lineup was still amazing in the regular season, and it's like they actually the shot quality metrics for them against the Lakers were still really good. It was like they just missed loads of shots. Um, yeah, Draymond's still amazing. Steph Curry, good at basketball. Clay, there's like more. Down nights, but I also think like it wouldn't be that surprising if they get to the playoffs next year and he averages like 30 for a series or something and just goes off a lot of times. Um, I think the Lakers matchup was just tough for them as well. Like I think that was not ideal. They need to add some size. That's the big like if they could get another wing, or maybe it's just like de- development of Kaminga and someone like who can sort of protect the boards a bit would be quite helpful.
0: Yeah, it's probably going to be difficult for them to add, isn't it? Although they might, maybe they'll trade Paul.
1: It'd be a Paul trade, wouldn't it? I but think. He's, he's on loads of money, isn't he? Yeah. So
0: you probably
1: won't yeah. get him back. His trade value has not increased with that playoffs. Yeah. I can say?
0: But yeah, they, they they have got the young guys that could maybe develop more, become like, you know, like say Kaminga and um, the other ones.
1: Moses Moody, although he was yeah. relatively useful in these playoffs, but you know if they take a bit of a step yeah. up, so I don't think it's over. No, I think they should keep Bob Myers, and they should keep Steve Kerr, and they should keep Draymond Green because and uh, trade and trade Jordan Paul maybe, and that's their route. I think, and because they're basically still really good. I think yeah. that's the thing with this Warriors team is when they were healthy and they had their guys together, they were still really good. They beat a Kings team that was much better than anyone expected them to be. Yeah, and if they hit some open threes, they maybe like push the Lakers to a game seven or something. So, okay, that's not a disaster.
0: Yeah. Alright, On that note, uh, we will end it. The broadcast. I mean, not anything else. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, yeah, uh, look at the website, franchisesports.co.uk. Um, share it with your friends follow us on Twitter uh, franchise, just search Franchise Sports on Twitter look for the, the, the big red and black FS uh, we've also got a Facebook page and an Instagram so do all that and then uh, like and subscribe to the podcast too so yeah you might want to write all that down <laughs> Oh, That's all right. a little checklist. <laughs> Bye.